everyone nods and you know it passes on yeah blackberry okay. is back gavin and that's a great way to jump into episode 94 of the overclock za podcast thank you very much for joining us i am Lindsay shooters and i am gavin dudley ha i thought i was going to catch you out in that <laughs> gavin talking about blackberry onward mobility this is the company that's releasing blackberry branded phones starting in 2021 physical keyboards 5g yeah that's 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 about it <laughs> that, that's all I um i mean the, the only commentary i read on this is that it's almost like there are blackberry fanboys out there who insist on going back to the past it's like vinyl records or something they yeah. just keep going back to the past i mean the last two or three times I tried a retro BlackBerry to see if the keyboard thing was still viable. It's viable, but actually we have kind of moved on. So I'm not sure I'm giving the chance of this new BlackBerry venture succeeding 40%. 40% chance of success. Is that is coming from a former BlackBerry, for that? BlackBerry fanboy. Yeah. But I can tell Black you that fanboy. what Gavin is not, and Gavin Dudley is, of course, the editor of South Africa's largest consumer technology publication, Tech Magazine, and the preeminent <laughs> source of font of mobile technology <laughs> information, Tech Radar. <laughs> Correct. Very good. Tech Radar. Um, and he is not a fan of Apple. And I'll tell you this because his first line in our vote today is him picking a fight. Of a two against a two billion dollar valued company, Gavin. This is a company. They were the first to break trillion. Sorry, they were the first to break one trillion in 2018. Two short years later, in the midst of a global pandemic of epic proportions, never before seen, economies collapsing everywhere, and suddenly Apple is valued at two trillion dollars. I don't people, like it. These people are like. Price gougers. They're basically taking the world for a ride here, and everybody's like clamoring to get on board. What the hell is wrong with people, you know? Anyway, um, I mean, now the point I was trying to make, which was really just a way of baiting you, is <laughs> that Apple, Apple is flying so high, and it reminds me a little bit of BlackBerry. There was a point they were flying so high that they couldn't even see the ground. They thought they could see the ground, but basically we were all just ants down there, and they didn't give didn't, didn't care about us because they were flying so high. And the hubris gets them. They get out of touch with what's really going on in the marketplace. And the way massive companies like that see their ass is there's some small issue that they don't see coming that looks like a small issue, but it turns into a big issue really quickly. Mm. Um, you know, and it's quite possible that if Apple loses the kind of goodwill and the sort of social license to operate that it's been given by everybody so much, largesse and so much um, benefit of so many doubts that people give to Apple, it could easily squander that by, by coming out on the wrong side of some important issue. You know, let's just say it came out on the wrong side of a Black Lives Matter issue, for example. And Apple, being Apple with its hubris, then doesn't backtrack at the moment when it's supposed to backtrack, doesn't compromise when it's supposed to compromise, doesn't admit wrongdoing when it's supposed to admit wrongdoing, and the issue just snowballs. And you take mm. this mega brand and it just falls in the toilet, like in a period of two years, it just, you know, collapses just because of so that just because society turns against you. You know, we've seen it happen to BlackBerry, we've seen it happen to others. So, I mean, everyone thinks that Apple could, will never suffer a financial collapse, but there are other ways of collapsing a really big company and, and you know, losing the social mandate is one of them. Yeah. 
I think they're going to upend the market again with the iPhone 12s. I think they're going to have, like that little one um, is is going to be their, their cheap device, and that's going to come in at like 10, 12,000 Rand. And I think they're uh-huh. just going to murder everybody <laughs> when it comes okay. to like pricing and stuff. Um, I, I say this within the context of um, the Galaxy Note 20, which I finally have in my hand, a standard Note 20 plastic back, flat front screen, 1080p, um, no headphone jack, all those things. Curiously missing an S Pen, but it is a marketing sample that the good people at Samsung South Africa have sent me early, so <laughs> I can get my review out. Um, we'll probably yeah. sort that out sometime soon. But yeah, 21,000 Rand for a Note 20. Oh, what, 23,000 actually for, for the 5G version. Right. Ooh, that's plenty money for something that's lacking like the key flagship features right now. Yeah, you can buy a lot of phone for like fourteen, fifteen thousand. You can buy yeah. a lot of phone for ten thousand these days, actually. So, I mean, I think the people who've always had notes are going to go out and buy another note. You know, they're yeah. those guys. They just they they love their product. They never encountered any downsides. They don't know that they could get the same experience for a lot less. But you they can't. Just feel safer. But you they can't. just feel safer buying the thing again. I mean, all half the note users I know don't use the stylus. Um, well, I am a stylus power user. I have found yeah. out in my last couple of weeks with with the Galaxy Note Nine again. Um, it's just transformed my the way I work back to like what it used to be when I was at the peak of my powers. I actually admitted something very personal to you the other day or yesterday at least. Gavin, moving on from from the intro. Let's put seven minutes on the clock, taking it back to the yes. roots of the Overclock show. <laughs> Let's get yes. into some news. Yes. Starting now, MTN Group today announced that current group CFO Ralph Maputa has been appointed as a new group president. You dig MTN from, yeah, he's from the 1st of September. Um, let's give, get your thoughts on this, Kev. Well, the previous CEO, Rob Shooter, did such an excellent job at MTN. I mean, MTN was in a lot of trouble when they incurred these fines from Nigeria and so on. And then, you know, Vodacom pipped them to the post on 5G. And there were a couple of strategic areas where MTN was really struggling in its Middle East markets and so on. And Rob Shooter brought all that under control, the previous CEO. And I think everyone really valued what he had done there. He has now moved on to international telco. I forget which one. It might be Vodafone. I actually can't remember. Um, and so they have really big shoes to fill. But I must say, on paper, Mr. Ralph Mupita sounds like the guy to do it. Engineering degree, MBA, you know, he's got all the right kind of credentials behind him. And he's like an experienced in telecoms in MTN in Africa, which is, you know, MTN's biggest market. It's not South Africa, but the rest of Africa. So on paper, he certainly looks like the right guy for the job. So I'm giving him a vote of confidence. Um, I think MTN knows how critically important it is to have the right guy in place at this time in the world, you know, right now. So see how it goes. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Then Samsung dropped a press release detailing their new TVs coming to South Africa. So we're getting the frame and the serif. They are considered to be lifestyle TVs, which is a weird way to couch a TV. Um, But the frame is the gapless little flat screen that you Put on the wall and it shows you different artworks when it's like off or in standby mode or it can show you the That's weather right. and that comes in 65 and 55 inch flavors with the 65 at 32 or 33,000 
the 55 at 27,000. I would have expected those to be a lot more expensive with all of the smarts that are built into those TVs as well. Yeah, I mean, I have for some time wondered why all TVs don't display fabulous artwork in your home, you know, make it look a lot less like a black monolith. Because I think it can be done with relatively low energy now that most of them are LED and it's, you know, the processor is not working particularly hard to, you know, run video through the system. It's possible to display art in a very low power mode, even low mm. brightness mode, you know, uh, because the picture is not changing. It's possible to cut down the energy use. So I'd be quite keen on this myself. Um, the frame literally has got this tiny little border that's barely visible, and it really does look like a picture in a frame. It's very impressive. And it automatically selects from a thousand pieces of art. I'm, I'm guessing you can add in some art, or they will add in some other art over time. There might be rights issues. I don't know. The Serif mm. is a whole other ball game. This is like a freestanding TV. The artwork they give you shows you the TV just sort of standing in the middle of the lounge floor, which strikes me as a bit like weird. But um, I think they've put a lot, of, a lot more into the multimedia of the, ser of the Serif TV. So the audio is much better. So you can actually use it as your Bluetooth speaker, which is not a bad idea, all things considered. And most impressive is that the pricing is really not all that bad. Mm. You know, I always, mm. always cringe when I, I have to sort of brace when I hear what Samsung's going to charge for their TVs. But these are really not all that bad. So the Serif, as you pointed out, starts at 15,000 Rand. It's a small screen, but it's going to be high quality and great features for 15. And the frame, the picture frame business starts at 27 for 55-inch screen. So, you know, that's like actually below what some of their regular TVs are costing now. So all good. Yeah, Serif also rotates into portrait mode so you can watch your TikTok videos on your TV. Oh, really? okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Amuse yourself for hours. Yeah. A lot of Samsung's other TVs are working really hard on integrating with your phone. I think they really want you to look, spend more time looking at your TV than what's going on at the moment with the way you do the dual screen, you know, where you're looking at the mm. phone and looking at the TV interchangeably. They really want you to stick with the TV in part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I like it. I was surprised by the low pricing, as you said. Um, and as I say that, the two-minute warning comes on. We are moving on. And people cards, I'm trying to make them myself now. It's a bit weird. I think it's only in India for now. And what else we got here? The Do Not Call service. Gavin, talk us through this. Yes, it's, I can't believe it's taken them this long to get something like this implemented. It was such a no-brainer. The um, WASPR, which is the Wireless Application Service Providers Association, um, is supposed to be controlling the kind of spam that reaches your phone. Um, because in order to send out bulk SMSs and things like that, you need to be a member of the, the wireless, uh, wireless Application Service Providers market thing. Um, so it's quite easy to govern how its members conduct themselves. And they've just taken years and years to put together the service where it's now easy to send a message, a short code, or use your USSD to opt out of all distribution lists, which I hope all South Africans will do. If you continue to receive spam, it's because a lot of stuff is sent by organizations outside of South Africa, which WASPA then doesn't have any control over. But in brief, um, you can send uh, the word block to the sh this SMS short code 40662. Send the word block. 40662 and that just takes you off every list 
Otherwise, you can go to DNC Orgzar. DNC stands for Do Not Call Orgzar, and you can drill your way through there to find out what to do. Cool, and that's time on that segment, Gavin. Gavin, we're going to count that as a how-to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Um, because you've also been using Keep Notes as your universal reminder service. Like, oh, what's up yeah. with that, bro? Okay, yeah, I mean, you know, we're the biggest Keep fans. We keep bringing it up on the show just because it's the interface we use for putting the show together. It's basically an incredibly smart, highly uh, featured sticky note, basically, is Google Keep. Um, and my problem is when I need a reminder on something, I don't want to make an entry in Outlook every single time like an appointment. It's too complicated. And then... You know, I'll be on the tablet, or I'll be on the phone, or I'll be on the PC. I need my alarms to go off wherever I am. And half the time, stuff is not syncing properly. What I found is you can set a reminder inside Keep on a note of any kind. You set a reminder up there. You can pick your day, your time, and everything. And that alarm will go off on the tablet, on the phone, on the PC. So it's the most reliable place I've found to set a quick reminder is inside Google Keep. And conveniently, you can then create a note with people's you know, numbers or whatever the talking points are for that reminder. You can put it in Google Keep. So I'm reluctant to use this as a mainstream way of scheduling yourself. But if you need to just remember to pick something up from somewhere at a particular time or something like that, Google Keep is working like a treat for me. It's one of the extended features on the note. You can set a reminder and it will go um, you on can, all your devices. You can also use your... You can also use your voice assistant, Gavin. Yeah. So what? You're going to use your voice assistant just to set a reminder, yeah? Yeah. You say, okay. hey, Google. Um, sorry for putting off. No, Google, uh -huh. I did not speak to you. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bixby. <laughs> don't um, don't start. That... Don't start. She's already starting now. Um, and uh -huh. then you can just ask him to set a reminder, and then there you go. Um, you, you know, I told you that, about you know how... what the problem is? The problem what? with that is... PC. You're on your PC. Basically, if you're me, you're working on your PC all day, and that reminder is not going to go off on the PC screen. Ask See, whereas Cortana. with Keep, it does. It goes off everywhere, including on the screen, on the PC. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I, I feel you on that one. But remember when I got so excited that Google Keep was like integrating yeah, with yeah, Google yeah. Assistant and you now? Yeah, yeah. Um, the shopping list, still no, not possible. <laughs> There's still like a separate Google shopping list kind of web app that I, I have not wrapped my head around yet. And then remember how I got so excited with the Galaxy Note 20 launch and I was going to move everything over to OneNote? Yes, yes. Gavin, have you used OneNote? If you've used OneNote, you should know. On paper, OneNote wants to be my best friend. It's got every conceivable feature under the sun. Okay, but I've tried repeatedly to use it, and I just can't because it's too unwieldy. It's too full-featured. It's too free-form. I actually need something that has a little bit of structure for my thoughts. You know, I'm finding OneNote is too free-form. It's too all over the place. It's a hugely yeah, one... powerful, obviously, but, you know, yeah. It's so powerful that I tried to edit a note that I made uh -huh. in OneNote. So it was like uh -huh. stuff that I was going to move into a PowerPoint presentation. And right. yeah, I was in the meeting of the PowerPoint presentation, like the prep for the pitch. 
And then I was trying to put notes into that note that I made, and I just could yeah. not find. And I'm not, I'm not a stupid person, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I could not There's find no a way to support to type. that. Yeah. I, I couldn't type into this note, and then like I added yeah. another page, and then yeah, like that page, yeah. and it's like. I mean, yeah. I mean, for, this no. is one of the problems is that it's got notes inside pages, inside folders. So, you know, if you're me, that's just chaos, man. You know, I just like a nice tree diagram showing what's nested within what and so on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm. So OneNote, yeah, not ready for prime time. Samsung's Galaxy, the Samsung's notes, though, is quite amazing. And they've pushed out those features to everything like my S10 got it, uh, Note 9 got it. So all of those things. So like I'm big into note taking and I'm really loving the the, Galax the Galaxy Note 9 and 20 and all those things for doing that right. thing. And so I'm not caring much about OneNote anymore. Can I go off script just a little bit here? I don't know yeah. where we are on the timeline, but um, big announcements came out yesterday and again today as the news broke. There's a new feature coming in the next Windows update that allows you to run your Android apps inside your Windows PC, like Somosur, you know, something that you and I have speculated about for years, and we've kind of gone there in fits and starts, but now it's going to be built into Windows. So the first version of this allows you to run one app at a time. So you could run, you know, WhatsApp or your note-taking app or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever app is on your phone, all of them will run inside Windows. In the future, you'll be able to run multiple apps all in their own little Windows. So finally, this is like a real integration of phone and PC coming together. You don't have to think about what's running on which uh, platform anymore because everything runs everywhere. Very interesting. So, but limited this to? Is, uh, yeah, so so far it's limited to only Samsung phones from the Note 9, which is two years ago, and uh, all thereafter all the mid-range and upper-range uh, mm. Samsung Galaxy phones from then onwards, from two years ago. Um, and this is all courtesy of the Windows My Phone app. It's called My Phone or My Phone Companion. It comes in these two yeah. different flavors. Um, and this is quite an interesting extensibility. I was wondering if they see Samsung's DeX as a potential direct competitor in the future, which is what we've been backing this whole time. For those who don't know DeX, you can take your Samsung phone, plug it into a monitor, a TV screen, any kind of monitor or screen and you'll get a full operating system. It looks exactly like Windows, except that it's Samsung's operating system running on the phone, but you use it exactly like Windows, for those who are not familiar with Samsung's decks. And Huawei has something similar. So I wonder if Microsoft sees danger down the road of something like Dex evolving too far and actually displacing Windows in the end. Mm. And that's interesting. interesting that you bring that up because um, on Note 20, you can now cast decks wirelessly over wow. Miracast. I thought we were Excellent. done with Miracast. Gavin, mm. I have never found a good use for Miracast, and I'm not about to switch up my workflow now. <laughs> okay, interesting. But um, so confusing because there's Miracast, and then there's all these other forms of casting. I thought. Miracast was going to be the generic form of casting. So yeah. when you're looking at something on your phone and you need to see it on your TV screen, you just use Miracast as the generic service to do that. But you know, then everybody else started introducing their own screen sharing protocols. So I yeah. don't know where Miracast fits in the picture now. Um, but anyway. again, I mean, doing it wirelessly is brilliant. Um, 
Mm. Um, we're kind of running out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. So we need to keep a march on there. Mm. Yeah. Gavin, the incredible deal of the week. Today, we're going to look at routers. And I found this amazing little 4G and LTE router, like 4G LTE and um, fiber router from TP-Link. It's the MR200 dual band 4G LTE router. And that is selling now for a handsome price of 1,800 Rand at Incredible Connection. Oh dear, you're not going to believe this. We accidentally both picked the same product. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell what our priorities are. Okay, I want, I mean, so the great thing about these combination routers is that you've got your fast internet and you've got LTE failover seamless, which is exactly what you want. You can, with a little bit of techie smarts, you can rig up a separate LTE router to fail over for when your main router dies. Uh, you know, something happens to it and you can automatically move over. But if you can get those two functions combined in one router, then that's really the way to go. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your router. Uh, some of the features, what do you think is the, going on there? Uh, a little bit slow. I mean, it gets up to 300 megabits per second at 2.4 gigahertz. But I mean, you're never really going to reach those speeds unless you, you run. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a second one, um, which is a little bit pricey, but I, I like what it packs. So it's the D-Link AC3900 dual band whole home seamless mesh solution. Um, and that mm. is 4,500 Rand. So you're getting theoretical top speeds of 3,900 megabits per second. Um, mm. And it comes with its own little puck um, mesh system accompaniment right. that you can put anywhere in your house and have like seamless mesh setup. And crucially, a USB 3.0 port. So you can plug in a network attached storage. You can plug in that, that um, LTE router, that MiFi little job. Um, so it can fail right. over. Like USB 3.0 is, is actually, it unleashes like a lot of possibilities um, that USB 2.0 yes. doesn't do. So uh, I must say mesh, mesh routing systems are becoming more and more topical. It always seemed to me like a lot of effort. Okay, the way mesh systems work for those who are unaware is instead of having one central router and everyone connects to that one central place where the signal gets weaker and weaker as you get further away from it, the, the mesh system is lots of little routers that you place all over the house. So you end up with a blanket of coverage which I think suits a lot of people, especially in South African homes where the walls are still made of bricks and mortar. You know, in the US, in these places, half the house is made of wood. Here, you know, we still build things, you know, that are very hard for radio waves to pass through, which is why we have Wi-Fi problems here that don't exist in other parts of the world. And so mesh routing is a way around that. If you've got an upstairs, downstairs situation, for example, and it's very hard for your router to send radio waves through the concrete floor to the upstairs rooms, you know, so you always end up with dead Wi-Fi spots and mesh routing solves that problem. So you end up, as, as uh, Lindsay was describing, with one sort of main base station and then lots of little base stations that all connect to each other. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, yeah so dealing, this pack dealing system is called Cover. So that's C-O-V-R. And you get one okay. of the, the, the thingies for that, but you can buy additional um, cover units as well. And you can just add it all to the same network. And you see, the so, problem so, that I have is so we, in your we have, package, how much comes in your package and how much is it costing? So it's the main router, which is like a, a beefy, beefy, thick boy. And then you have right. one of those cover units. 
Um, so the problem that I have is that we have like a kind of mesh system that I've patched together with like range extenders and a different mm -hmm. access point and all those sorts of things. But the moment right. you get like one little radio wave coming from the main router, like you, our devices uh -huh. will not leave that signal alone and fail over to the others. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did that, but also when I set up my own system, I think that's why you want to buy these mesh systems because they are much better at managing that situation. I used to have two routers in the house, both with the same SSID, yeah. so that I'm guessing you did the same thing. So yes. that as your phone picks up this one or that one, it automatically just reconnects to whichever one. But then, you know, half the time it hangs on to the weak signal, even when it's right <laughs> next to the strong signal. Yeah. Whereas I'm guessing that the mesh systems... Uh, uh, figure all that out. It measures the signal strength much more carefully. So, so you liking the D-Link mesh systems? I really do like D-Link as a brand. Yeah. I'm I'm putting forward the TP-Link Deco S4 mesh system, which comes with three units, and that's four thousand rand. Does exactly the same thing. Extends yeah. Wi-Fi everywhere. Four thousand rand, so you get three units. So with that, you can cover a decent-sized house, I would think. You know, uh, that's awesome. the TP-Link Deco S4. Okay, Wi-Fi so, mesh systems. So, Gavin, as you know, you can find me on the internet at thatopinionguy.co.za. Um, I have an action camera shootout going up with the Insta360 ONE-R and a Candao, Candao KuCam 8K. This thing is so loud and so beefy. It's it's crazy, man. The fans just spin up all the time. I'm sharpshooters on social media. S-H-A-R-P-S-E-H-U-D-T-E-R-S. -E -E and Gavin, what's going on in your life? Um, I'm suddenly dealing with a whole lot of flagship phones at once. I've got the <laughs> P40 on hand and I've got the S20 on hand. Um, I'm loving the P40 so far, which of course is the Huawei mobile services transition thing. It's not quite working perfectly yet, but I'm really enjoying setting up a Huawei mobile services now that I took the pain up front with the first one. Um, uh, and then I'm busy working on TVs at the moment. All the new TV ranges are launching at the moment. So I'm looking at what's great in the new TV technologies and what that means for the affordable sets. In other words, last year's tech, where the price is landing for those now. So I'm working on budget TVs as the new TV range is all busy launching. That's my story for the time being. Awesome. I'll check you out next time, Jeff. Yeah?